Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you, as ever, to go through all the action in the British Basketball League this week. Uh, Dave, last weekend we were debating whether we would bother with uh, Serbia against Great Britain. Uh, it finished Serbia 101, Great Britain 83, but I thought there were some some green shoots in this window. Quinn Ellis looked like he really belonged out there. Uh, I mean, Adamu had a great window, some some pluses to build on. Yeah, I thought they were. Yeah, I have to talk about it a little bit because you yeah. can't, you know, rubbish them for not playing particularly well on Friday night. And um, I thought the difference was in the game on Friday night they played fearfully, and in the game on Monday they played fearlessly. Yeah, you know, they, 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 there was a lot of hesitation on Friday, you know, and you understand that because you've got five or six players playing basically their first meaningful game. Mm. You know, they've had a few minutes off the bench, but basically you're on the way where you're starting now. Um, and there was a lot of feeling out, and it's not a question of feeling out the opposition, it's feeling out your own team and what you've meant, you meant to do. And I think by the looks of it, that video gave the coaches the opportunity to to kind of say, look, you know, you guys are here to play, not to kind of just wait for somebody else to play. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought they played, uh, you know, it's it, it extremely well, given that we had one player under the, you know, one player over six foot eight, basically, mm-hmm. in the team, playing against a bunch of... Um, Serbians who were a little bit tight because they needed to win, but you know they weren't short of talent. And I just thought that um, the the youthfulness, and we lost by twenty. So you know people can say, well, we lost by twenty. What's he talking about? Um, the reality was we were in, in the game, tie game with twenty five minutes gone. You know, fifty five minutes gone in the third quarter, um, and depth hurt a little bit, but also the biggest gap. The biggest gap in international basketball to what those guys are currently playing is the need to defend the three-point line. Mm. It's how you defend the three-point line, you yeah. know. Um, and both Belgium were fourteen and twenty-eight, and Serbia were about the same. Yeah, they were exactly know. the same, fourteen and twenty-eight. So fifty, you know, fifty percent from the three-point line, and apart from you know a couple of those one, um, uh, which is a big fella, Jagovic Karoda made out of nowhere. The rest of them were feet set off catch. Yeah, yeah. And and our guys have to understand that what you're closing out in the BBL or the, the Austrian Super League or wherever you're playing or the Italian second division, Viquinellas, not the same as the closing out the Serbian shooters in Belgrade. Mm. And um, so that's where we lost it a little bit. But overall, um, you know, when you look at the fact that those guys are, we, we've skipped a general, we've skipped four years because we've got a ton of players over in college. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, uh, I mentioned last year, Bello, um, Aiken, um, Hildreth, Marsh, a woman, all those guys over in college doing pretty well in Division One basketball. Um, Ocross, um, another one, uh, Drexel, and there's some more. Amari, I think Amari Williams is Amari. Amari yeah. Williams, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just got defensive, conference defense player of the year, I think. Yeah, you know, so so that's seven I've just named off the top of my head and I haven't researched that at all. Mm. You know, so they've all been kind of missed out because they're in college and yeah. we've got Quinn who's gone straight to, to Europe and um, then we've got Jelani who's just come back from, from college. You know, so, you know, you would suggest there that there's a there's a, a kind of a subset of talent there which is, mm. which is commend, potentially commendable going forward. But you know, you need some vets as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. continually always be always be building for the next one, or always be building for the next one. You need some vets as well. Um, so no, uh, Menzies was very good. Mm. You know, as the only seven, as the only big guy there, he he was um, you know certainly impactful. Uh, Mackenzie a little bit, little bit um, 
not overawed, but took, up, took the first three minutes to get into it. And once Mark brought him back in, was was excellent. Um, and so, yeah, at some just, point uh, during the game, he dislocated his finger as well. I didn't actually see it, but I heard about yeah, it. He also, he also made one of his, um, you know, trademark end, end of the quarter. Yeah, running. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it anywhere. I mean, you know, um, give him the ball at the end of the quarter, he scores. And so, no, I was, I, I thought it was, you know, for what it could have been, given that the boogies had it as 30, I think a 33 point spread, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and give it, you know, and they're not that normally, they're not normally 15 points wrong, you know. And even Carl and Carl Wheel, who was the, you know the pro who kind of you know who's who's we're pressing with we're playing our basketball we're pressing we're pushing up the court we're using athleticism bit of physicality stealing the ball you know and um, no I just thought I thought it was really good um, uh, you know but um, it's still you know it's still there's a vacuum this <laughs> doesn't matter how good those guys are you know that's not a game we're ever going to win. Mm. Um, the players that we would need, not that we needed to win, but the players that we would have needed to win aren't there. Mm. Um, and the reason they're not there is because they've, either they've done their bit or they're fed up and we don't know which. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and there's been no no announcements about that, you know. So there's been no formal, um, you know, international retirement that I can see. So, you know, um, all of a sudden he hasn't, hasn't said I've had enough or, or, um, or any of the other guys. So um, so let's hope that you know the the structure of it can be sorted out. Yeah, that's the, the key. That's the key. It can all be put into place, and um, whatever. I don't think at the moment there's nothing scheduled for the summer. I don't think. I've not um, seen it. No, um, because there's obviously it's the world. It is the the um the World Cup in the summer. So I don't. I don't think because we're in the second group. I don't think there's any pre. There's no Europe basket qualifiers or anything at this stage. So you know it goes over to next year now, and you know what level, where, where are the players going to be, and, and what level of quality are we going to be able to get into camp, and more importantly, what level of support are we going to be able to give them? Mm. Yeah, those guys got on a flight at six o'clock on, on Saturday morning out of Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. It's not warm in Belgrade at the moment, and and you know they could, you know, the, the comparison I make is between that and the utter abomination that was the Estonia game. And the Italy game, the the fourth quarter in Eurobasket. Yeah, yeah. It was literally just it was it was utter capitulation. It was mental mental, um, degradation, and just we were just beaten, beaten, just just and and a little bit of freshness, a little bit of fearlessness, um, guys with something to prove. Yeah, but you know we can't let those guys be impacted the same way those other guys were. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. If none of the rest of them come back, we can't treat these lot the same way we treated the last lot. Yeah, that's basically it. So, yeah, what do you think, mate? Yeah, no, it, uh, I, it was one of those games where I was uh, a little tired because I'd done the the game till two o'clock in the morning the night before. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can stay up and watch this. And then I started watching the beginning of it and I was pleasantly surprised and actually perked up as a result of that. And, and as I say, Ellis just looked like he belonged out there. And, and that's a, a really good sign. So. He was 4 or 4 from the three-point line, so he had a good shot tonight. So that yeah, always yeah. Helped. He always yeah. looked better from 4 or 4 and he's awful. Yeah, yeah. He, his composure, yeah. His, he, has the, he has a high dribble, but he's, he's, he has also the size to pass over, so he's a little bit more European Yeah. Um, than, than most of our point guards are, have, have generally been. You know, most of our point guards have generally been smaller. Um because that's the way the, the, the BBL goes with things. And so um, having that extra size and, you know, if he, if he develops that, if he is able to 
become a, a you know 40% three point shooter with that size and the handle on left hand and right hand. Mm. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of Trey Moore in a shot. Mm. You know, he high right hand dribble, then rises up with his left hand. For those who don't know, Trey was automatic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, just automatic in relation to that shot. So um, yeah. You know, and he's nineteen. Nineteen, yeah. No. That was that was the thing for me. He didn't look like a nineteen-year-old. That was. No, and then, you know, we don't see that. And I mean, you know, we, no. we, could, we probably got that with, with the only probably other nineteen-year-old we have who could pull that off is would have been Cameron. You know, um, and he's now you know lighted up in the ACC. So there's there's positive stuff going on. Yeah. There is. Uh, Ellis led the way with 22 points, Wheatle 16, uh, Adamo 14, Alexa Vramovic had 20, Luka Mitrovic uh, 15, and Onion Drobric 14 points. So let's go from the, the atmosphere of Belgrade on a Monday night to that of uh, the Clarence Wiggins Sports Centre on a Wednesday night. Uh, Derby Trailblazers 65, Caledonia Gladiators 83, uh, and it was lively in the wig. Uh, as the uh, as Derby started started really well, this was a fun game to watch. Sloan was hitting threes. Malcolm Smith was doing Malcolm Smith things at the other end. It was really not very much in the first half. Yeah, it was a fun game to watch because it's different, you know. I mean, and I'll say I'll say it now. I'm not, I was I was going to save it for the game we've I've just watched just before we come on it. I'll say it now. You know, you um, when was the the last time that we had a, a single leg semi final? That wasn't in a neutral venue because I can't remember one. Oh, there's a question because you've been two legs for, for, for at least 10 years or so. And then you're going back on more than that. And then you're going yeah. back to the leisure center and, and yeah, and, the like, sky dome, the sky days, and this Coventry sky dome. I honestly don't remember. I'm thinking it's in the 1990s, I'm thinking it's mid 1990s, possibly even before sky. Um, I don't know if you ever did something. I don't think we did home the way simple home semi finals. I just don't remember them. No, uh, I I don't I can't remember that. And there is an environment for that, you know that, that creates an environment, you know, because in the past when we had the the central venue semi-finals, it was all right, but you know it was you know it was passing traffic. There was fifty fans from this club, there was hundred fans from this club, and everybody else was waiting for their game to come on, and uh, and you would be into it, but it, it wouldn't be quite the same as it is when you've got all kinds of a building like that. Um, so, yeah, throw in the fact that it's Derby who are trying to prove themselves and every single player in the Derby team thinks they can play in the BBL, you know, then, you know, and thinks, you know, that, that that's, you know, Raheem's played there, Dietrich's played there, um, Brueggemann has a resume to play there, Malcolm hasn't yet, but um, might well on the back of what's happened here, um, you know, and they're clearly a well-coached and, and disciplined team, and then they're playing on a you know, on a, a slightly liney floor in the liney blue floor and everything's right. So it, it kind of has the ingredients for... 2007 the is the answer to your question. Really? Who was that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sheffield, uh, 55, Newcastle, 58. In I remember the that game. Semi-final. That was a fun sport. That was a horrendous yeah. game. And Plymouth, 83, Leicester, 64 in the other semi-final. Yeah. At, at I, the pavilions. I, 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 Two thousand. Oh, that's but, before. But, and there was that. there was some the year before in five six, but before that, I think you have to go back to nineteen eighty eight. Wow, fantastic! Dad. I can I, only I, I can only see fifteen uh, non central venues single legged semi finals in the history right. of the league. That's fantastic research. This is all done live, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was literally it's looking all at live. Doing it at least. Um, well, actually, I remember the Eagles game because that was it was awful. It was it was Ponce Forge and it was a absolute 
um, drag that game. Nobody could make a shot. And, uh, and then that was obviously the season that um, Gary Stronick came up to Newcastle to play the final in Newcastle with Drew Lasker. Yeah. And, um, and Gavin Love and, and Anthony Martin and those guys and, and they beat Newcastle, I think. So, so so the final wasn't on a neutral floor that year. And it was on neutral floor. The semi-final yeah. was. So yeah, no, the semi-final wasn't either, but yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, wasn't, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, but anyway, that, that even then, I do remember that game because I was there and I remember the um, the environment, you know, it's a bit more febrile. It's mm. a bit more to it. It's a semi-final. Mm. So, in. You then have, I mean, then have the fact that, I mean, I didn't think, I'll be kind, I didn't think it was ref particularly well in the first half. Mm. Unfortunately, back. I mean, when, when the first play of the game is someone throwing the ball off somebody's foot and it rolling out of bounds, and all three refs pointing the other way, and whereas the whole Caledonia bench and every Caledonia player is saying, "Well, obviously," and mm. and even Jason Swan Swain pointed out in the commentary that you know, perhaps they really should have had a chat about that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was like this doesn't really breed much confidence. Um, I couldn't work out how many fouls Onwas had. Onwas was an interest. It was interesting what Caledonia did because they they basically decided to card Malcolm Smith with Onwas or Bailey. Mm. Didn't want to put the big on him um, because Malcolm basically, for what I can see, plays as a five. Raheem May Thompson's more of a four. I mean, they, they can toggle a bit, but mm. in reality, it's more of a five. So they were playing with Onwas and um, and subsequently Bailey on him. Almost picked up a couple of fouls, one which apparently doesn't appear to have been counted against him because um the end you know he had one less than he should have from my my counting. And um and then he got called for playing a bit of perfect defense when he challenged the challenged the shot on, on Smith as well. He got called for a foul for that, which I thought was a bit tough. Um but basically early on, Derby's energy carried them through and it meant that they could score what they struggled to do the rest of the game was score. Mm. Basically. Yeah. Um, Gladiators had a 12-2 run uh, at the start of the second half and got out to 14. And as you say, because they couldn't score Derby, it never looked like they were really going to get back in. Now, a 12-3 finish to the game made it look a bit more comfortable than than it was. Um, but Derby didn't. We're never quite close enough. Really. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know. You normally know say you need a third scorer. Mm. You know, you need to have a third scorer. Well, Derby needed a second scorer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they had Malcolm, Malcolm Smith got 39 out of 64, 63. 65. Points. 65. Yeah. So, you know, he scored 60% of that point. Mm. Now, that's not sustainable, obviously. Um, and he's on his shooting 15, about 23, something like 15 that. 15 to 21. So, 21, something. <laughs> he's doing his bit. He's done his yeah. job. 9 um, 11 from the line as well. They didn't get. I, I haven't got the fouls on stats, uh, but he, he had something. He was like, he had like three quarters of the fouls against uh, Caledonia were fouling him. It was a tough cover. And, you know, it's tough because you think they throw it to him every time. And Derby kept running their offense and doing it right. But the difficulty was that you know, I kind of, I did foreshadow it a little bit in the in when we talked about them when they beat Plymouth uh, that Caledonia are a lot longer than Plymouth. Yeah, you know that they've got they're, they're bigger, and that makes a difference in relation to the inches that it takes to make shots. You know those extra inches make a massive difference. So it's, so Raheem May Thompson wasn't shooting over people; he was shooting over guys who were bigger than him. He was three or sixteen. He was you know decent decent looks for him. But the the wingspan was changing things. Brueggemann didn't get anything like the level of comfort that uh -huh. um, he did in Plymouth. So there, there are two other, you know, primary scorers, you would say. And then you have um, Dietrich and the other guys kind of stepping up and, and, and shooting and making plays opportunistically. And they just couldn't convert, you know, outside of Malcolm Smith. The, um, it was a very interesting, I mean, he's an interesting player, Malcolm, because he's like, obviously he's only probably six four, six maybe 6'5". Mm. Mm. Um, but he's he, he 
the guys who guarded him were his size, he could score on. Yeah. The guy, they, they tried to guard him with, I think, Farrell once, and he was straight past him. Mm. Um, and he has enough of that kind, he has that kind of that pull-up game, which is a little bit, um, a little bit old school. Mm. Kind of John McCourt type of, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You know I'm, I'm sorry, I know there's people who don't know John McCourt, but, you know, for those who do, um, that kind of ability to shoot a tough shot, but it goes in. Yeah, you know, and think, how, you know, why has he made? How does he make that shot so often? Um, so he's he's a really interesting, you know. He's, so the knock on him has always been, well, he's six foot four, five. He doesn't really shoot threes, mm. but then he's just dropped thirty six on Plymouth and thirty nine <laughs> on, on Caledonia. Yeah, yeah. You know, so is that possibly and, and thirty six last year on Surrey as well? Yeah, and, and the other thing about him, and I said it last time, he's clearly in. Probably the best shape of any athlete I've, you know, or many of the athletes I've seen. You know, you look at him, absolutely in great shape. So yeah, so and he's always the first one on the court. So yeah, so he's an interesting player. But but um, obviously you have to kind of bear in mind that players are playing the very highest in these games because they get the highest level of publicity. Yeah. Can, yeah, cannot yeah. be sustained, etc. But nevertheless, he's interesting. But they didn't get. You know, Ryan Brueggemann got three fouls early, and that was a real killer for them. Yeah, it was because. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he had to be their second scorer and, and he really never kind of got comfortable in the game. Um, Caledonia, I thought they were pretty good to be honest. You know, Sloan was ready, mm. you know, they were they were ready for the game and they were ready for the environment. And that might sound ridiculous, but it's not a guarantee, mm. not a given. You go into that gym, you know, and you, it's it's a difficult, it's not <laughs> to use the, the, the wet Tuesday night in Stoke, it is mm. not an easy place to go and play. Mm. It's loud, you got the Bubazuelas, you got the horns, you got. Um, the, the the lines on the court, and um, you've got to be professional and do a job. And they did it at the defensive end, mm. um, and they did it with their energy, which which basically was the biggest thing. They could not be out energized by um, by Derby. If they, if they were, they would lose. And that was the fact the only way they could lose mm. if Derby beat them with energy, because they had the physicality and the shot making um, to beat them over forty minutes. You know, and that ultimately that's how it turned out. Smith, as we said, 39 points, 10 rebounds as well. Dietrich, uh, 10 points, was the only other player in double figures. Uh, three of 24 from three and 30% from the floor, Darby. Yeah, and that's the uh, and 30% from the floor, and Smith is shot 15 of 21. 21 so, yeah. so, what's everybody else? You yeah, know, yeah. everybody else is down in the low 20s or even high teens if he's, if he's skewing the numbers that much. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just it. Ultimately, it's about putting the ball in the basket and in you have to be at a certain level of skill or physicality to do that. And as the levels go up, the skill level you need, and we'll talk about it with London coming up, the skill level you need and the physicality you need gets higher. And if you haven't got it, it's tough because you're not used to it every week. Mm. Sloan, 22 and five assists. Fraser, six of eight for 15 points. And Onwas, uh, uh, 10 points. Uh, let's go to front. And sorry, Dan, as an aside, though, sorry, I'm a hobby horse here. Um, Darby. Hemel, um, Worthing, Solent, as was. Are we just going to cut them off if we're not going to have a trophy? Are we seemingly, just seemingly would be my answer, yeah. Yeah, if that is the case, and obviously I don't know it's not been announced, but that's the that's the rumour. Are we just going to just basically say that these these clubs, which are clearly running, you know, what you'd describe as high-level semi-pro basketball programmes, I think you could probably say that with, um, given the way the given the way that we've seen Derby coach, we've seen Sol in the past, Hemel are undefeated in that league, 
Um, we're just going to leave them to, to to play against each other and all the other, you know, for the next next how many years and just kind of cut it off. It just doesn't seem right to me. I think you know, I think um, we have to appreciate that as more British talent can't play in Europe, it's going to come back to Britain and there's not going to be enough places for them to play. And people are going to drop down to that division. You've got Jordan Spencer in Division Three at the minute at Milton yeah, Keynes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and there has to be something done about professionalizing those outfits. Um, to the point whereby it is, there is an incentive there to have them become fully professional. I don't know how it's done, mm. but I do know no one's talking about it. No, no, um, no, 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 nobody meaningful is talking about it. We're all got our heads in the clouds with ten thousand stadiums and Australian leagues and all of that stuff. At the end of the day, we got ten pro clubs and three or four who are doing their best. You can't run a, a sustainable basketball ecosystem on that. Somebody's job has to be to grow it. Mm. I don't know whose job it is. Um, it's really basketball England's job, but you know, tried to get elected twice and failed, so I'm not going to yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but also it's the BBL's job, and to a certain degree, it's GB basketball because GB basketball has to be looking at the concomitant benefits of having all these other clubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, having them resourced because you no, know, Raheem May Thompson could still be a professional basketball player. So I, I assume it's just not in his interest to be playing in the BBL because he's got mm. to think. That, that he can do and he's going on and, and financially, you know, and, you know, we've seen, we've talked about Malcolm Smith and Ryan Brugham and what they are and all the, and the guys at Hemel and, and, the, and you know, Andre Arasol and those guys and OJ mm. down in, um, down the South Coast with Zaire, mm. you know, they're running proper programs and um, they're just, it's just a new, it's just like, there's no urgency from anywhere outside of them to look outside their little kind of, the little bubble and work out how we're going to get to a point where we've got 20 professional clubs in this country. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so that's, sorry, that's kind of, I've kind of said that slightly before in different ways, but it's it's a bit of a, you know, old man shouts at clouds. Shouts at no, because yeah, yeah. There's, I don't even know who I'm shouting at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because no one no one takes responsibility for it, but it really does frustrate me. And credit to Air Match or credit to Derby, um, you know, go down to Plymouth and win whatever state Plymouth are in to do, to beat them the way they did was really good. To compete against a Caledonia team which is deep and talented is was was really impressive as well. They were ready for the game, and some of the British guys, Charlie Brown, some of the other guys, you know, they hustled and they they, they made plays. They just couldn't. Mm. They made plays everything they could, all the intangibles, all the stuff they could do to help, but they didn't, weren't able to put the ball in the basket. Mm. Let's go to Friday night then. Uh, Newcastle Eagles sixty six, Bristol Flyers sixty <laughs> sixty eight. <laughs> Can I just say now I'm beginning to feel like a sorry Scotch. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. No, you really shouldn't. Uh, I mean, no. they're finding new and more inventive ways to lose. It you? was, yes, it was very inventive this week. Yeah. Uh Bristol scored the first six points of the game, but actually Newcastle were the better team early on. I I thought they looked pretty good. Yeah. They are well. They've got a decent. I see their start on five is is gelled quite nicely, and they run their stuff particularly when they're fresh, which is a big thing. And yeah, they got a little bit. They were a little. They had, um, obviously they had the, the break, so the two weeks off. I rather anticipated they would be a little bit slow at the blocks, but Bristol were no quicker. Bristol were the same. Um, and um, I thought, um, you know, they 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 moved the ball. Um, the the uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to the uh, one of the older listeners of this podcast, my dad, who sits next to me or next to my daughter at the game. 
said to me before the game, what do we, so what do the Eagles have to do to win this game? And I basically said, well, they got a rebound. Mm. And the first possession of the game, I think Bristol had four offensive rebounds, <laughs> four shots, right? And uh, at that point, after two minutes, Mark pulled Hassan French out and put Darius in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, to, you know, and um, that kind of added a little bit of cohesion to them. And, and, and yeah, and then they got going and, and Johnson made some shots and Hamlet made shots. But more importantly, um, well, Shep, well, Bristol really couldn't throw it in the ocean. Uh, but we know that's just aren't really a very good. The secret is they're not a great offensive team. You know, <laughs> the, the numbers say that. There's lots of things they're very good at, but you know, offense is is not um is not their forte. So Newcastle's defense has improved. Certainly, their their um their start on five defense has improved um as with the addition of Gordon and French and uh, and Odefoe. So um yeah, they they kind of. They, they kind of met their punch and they started rebounding the ball and then they got out in transition a little bit and um they made some shots and, and you know and, and Hamlet got going and Johnson got going. So yeah, the um it was encouraging. And then obviously at the beginning at the end of the first quarter they, they threw the game away. The end of the first quarter. Yeah, the end of the go first on, quarter. They yeah. had the ball with five seconds to go. Um in the backcourt. Yeah. Point Nostradamus sat next to me again. My worldly wise father says, "We're going to find a way to give them two points here." Yeah. Um. And um, they throw the ball into the cone in the back court, and Watson Gale steals it off and lays it in on the buzzer. Yeah, yeah. What should have been a nine point, what could have been a eleven point game, became a seven point game. Yeah. My daughter, who's ten, who sat next to me, looked, turns around, and looks at me askance, and says, "How did he know that?" <laughs> I said, well, your granddad's pretty sharp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seen it too often before. Um, so that's I say they turned, lost the game. That's two points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's two points. It was a two-point game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but even then, you know, they continued. They, re- got- they recovered from that. A Hamlet three and M one, a ten-two run. They were twelve up just before halftime. Thirty-nine. Kennedy, um, yeah, Jamel good, Kennedy. Good fighting for it as well. Yeah, Jamel Kennedy scored his first field goal since. Yeah. January, yeah. And then, yeah. And then the second one, um, he got a second one with a bounce off the, off the rim, two threes, and he looked he looked um, energized and a little bit, um, you know, and gave them something. And the way the rotations worked, he, he didn't have Kennedy and UBR playing at the same time, which has been pretty much disastrous for the offense. Mm. So, um, and and I'll be honest, I think French was actually the best player on the court when he was on the point after after the first two minutes because. He was the only one of the Eagles who could match their match the physicality of Bristol, and he was able to pull down some rebounds and, and anchor the defense, and he, and they could play through him. And he had four, you know, eleven rebounds, four assists, all that kind of stuff. So that was good. Bristol just looked like they'd been off two weeks off, um, and uh, which they hadn't because they played last week, of course. I think. No, they didn't. Well, no, they did. They didn't have no, a game no, last week. No, no. no, no. So they like, had been two weeks, and they couldn't make a shot. And to be honest, you know, they um they got a bit they got but they got in crucially for them they got eight points early out of Corey Samuels. That mm. really helped. Then Newcastle didn't guard him particularly well. And um insofar as he got to the basket twice unchallenged, which you know you can't let Corey Samuels do, he has to beat you from, from outside. And um but they weren't getting anything inside, you know. Del again, you know, Del Pesh struggled against French just to, to score the ball, he got into foul trouble. Smith again really didn't get much inside and they didn't get to the rim. And um, and that's why, and without making threes, despite no matter how many offensive rebounds you get, if you don't get to the rim, you, if you don't get the rim, they're, they're kind of struggling. Um, and then beginning of the third quarter again, Newcastle start on five came out well, uh, came out and really, um, really should really put the game away. 
not, not far enough away. I didn't lock it in Siberia, mm. um, but put it to the point whereby you know it was it was there to be to, to be locked away. Well, it was seventeen points, the biggest lead in the third quarter, fifty-one. 34, but a 9-0 run um, pulled it back to 55-49 with 11 to play. And yeah, you know that the, um, you know, I've used this phrase before about when the game's being played, mm. that was when the game was won. Yeah. Not the end, because that, after that, uh, it happened again in Newcastle against Surrey a couple of, a few weeks ago as well, whereby they, they, they walked by 20 plus and then they, they lost. Surrey? Yeah, Surrey. Um, Surrey came right back. Um, what happened was rotations changed um, and the Eagles starters got tired so off came Johnson um, Gordon and French and they ended up with a lineup with Cohen and Hamlet who were getting tired because they hadn't had any rest Ubiaro, Kennedy and Defoe and they didn't really have, and they were running the same stuff for that group as they are for the first group without the skill level to, to, to carry it off and they couldn't score and I know Mark was trying to buy minutes He's trying to buy minutes, buy a bit of freshness because yeah, they've not got a deep bench. Uh, Mockford was obviously didn't play for GB. He was on the bench, but he didn't play again. So mm. assume he's still injured. Um, and um, that that unit couldn't score. And instead, you know, and you know, and I've said it before on on the air and raising multiple teams. You know, you've got to put your foot on the throat. Mm. And if that means you play the rest of those, you play those guys the whole third quarter, whilst you've got your foot on the throat, keep doing it because you're only five minutes away from winning the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you didn't, you know, and he 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 did the coaching move, which was, you know, I've got a bench, I've got to trust my bench, the bench failed. Yeah. Um and what happened was, particularly without French in the game, I was surprised, you know, French didn't come back in until six minutes to go in the game. By the time a 15-point lead had gone to zero, and French is sitting on the bench getting a bit antsy because he's looking at all his hard work, his his rebounds, his his passing, all the rhythm that they've got has just kind of just been blown away at us because Bristol were beating them at the rim. They were getting to the, they were getting layups. Mm. And King, King, and they get offensive rebounds and layups. And King was getting to the rim, and um, subsequently Watson Gale came into it as well. And um, because they don't have any depth in the backcourt, Newcastle, um, you know, Cohen and Hamlet had to play the whole fourth, the whole second half, mm. and that's tough when you when you're asking them to make plays at the end. And basically, as the game went on, Bristol did their very best not to take the lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know they really did. They missed foul shots, they missed open shots, um, they they turned the ball over, and it was one of those games whereby you got the impression as soon as Bristol took the lead, it was done. Yeah. The question yeah. was, are they going? Are, to? are they going to before the buzzer? Let's spin it through to the end then. So Watson Gale assist and then a three, and it was sixty four sixty two with three minutes to go. They both just missed... on that down. Sorry, yeah. Watson Gale. You know he hadn't he hadn't made a shot the whole game. He hadn't been any sort of rhythm. And then he, he pops off a three, a, a screen coming left, and his release is so quick. And the Eagles weren't where they were meant to be with him. Bang. Five-point game where they can't score becomes a two-point game. Mm. Total total energy changer in the whole building. Mm. Just a, a crowd silencer. Really impressive shot. Mm. Then they both missed three-pointers. Eagles had a 24-second violation. So with 143 to go, Watson Gale with the drive... He was fouled, makes one of two from the three throw line. Yeah, so that it was a bad call. Um, I'll be honest, that was that was that by French. That when French blocked his shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was an awful call. Uh, I might be wrong. I haven't, I haven't watched it back, but French blocked his shot at, at its apex. And I don't know what the contact was, but it must have been wet. It must have been after he landed or something because French came from miles away um, to block the shot. So I thought that was a bad call. But he only made one or two anyway. 
64-63. Uh, Hamlet at the top of the key knocks down a shot. 127 to go. 66-63. Uh, Miller misses a three, but King got the offensive rebound and put it back in for 66. That was the game because in that thing, you know, Bristol, watching Bristol, you can see why they've done so well. They are an absolute physical unit. Mm. They are an absolute load. They're bigger. They're bigger. Basically, they're bigger and more athletic in, in every position. But well, obviously, I say bigger, but I'm not Watson Gale and on Watson Gale and Simon's on bigger. But the rest of them, bigger and more athletic in every position in Newcastle. Mm. And that was a long rebound. And Kyle Johnson did what he's meant to do and boxed out King. But he hasn't got a shot of getting it if it's a long rebound. Mm. And, and and King is six seven and Johnson is six four, you know. And you know their their relentlessness on the board. Um, and what we've talked about it so much is 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 something which. Um, overcomes their inefficiency on offense, mm. you know. But it's because of their their size; they're really noticeably big. Yeah. You know, back to that message: you got a rebound, and that yeah, was yeah. One, two two rebounds. Which you know, if they'd gone, if they rebounded, if the ball had gone somewhere else, I think Newcastle would have won the game. But that, yeah. but, but you know, yeah. And, and presumably the other one is this one where where Gordon yeah. drives and misses. And then there's yeah. a scramble for the ball and Gordon diving for it, and yeah. he was slightly unlucky. It ends up in the flyers' hands and. And because of the scramble, King is on his own down court. Somehow misses a layup, by the way. Uh, yeah. And then the ball goes out of bounds for, for a Flyers possession. With I think he missed the layup in French. Uh, French, you know, is 6'6". Six, six and, you know, God knows how many stone. It's flowing back and, and tipped the ball off the off, off the rim to, for an easier, for, for a, uh, to stop King having a second opportunity, mm. you know. So that was, that was one of them. And there was another, actually, the, the very next player as well, they got, I think they got a long rebound because at this point in time, Newcastle are knackered, certainly Cohen and Hamlet are knackered, and they're struggling to create anything. Bristol are locked in on defense. Um, and Newcastle are far too slow walking the ball at the court. They become tentative, you know, they're, they're running down the shot clock every single time. You don't really seem to know where their offense is and not get anything good out of their offense at all. I think it's a, a lot of that is, is fatigue, particularly from the guards. So, so, so. Drew Laskin may have had this on his laptop whilst we were at the Morningside Arena at, the, at bet, this moment yeah. in time. And he was telling me of this, of a play where Watson Gale just gets an easy layup at the, at the late in the game to go up one. But basically he came around the screen and French kind of backed away from him. Hamlet was sort of behind him. So he just took it to the basket and reverse laid it in. To put well, it was a reverse layup, I think. Yeah. Um, he, he's a bit shifty, Watson Gale. And I think... Yeah. I think Hamlet was expecting French to stay there and French was assuming that because he'd gone under the rim, he was yeah. coming out. There was a miscommunication. Yeah. Uh, but I, was, I thought it was a good play for Watson Gale. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, he's, you know, he made plays at the end of this game. And, and if, if you put this game on, the, on a big picture focus, um, outside the offensive rebound, they got 20 points from Samuels and Watson Gale who were their guards yeah. off the bench. Mm. You know, you know, Newcastle don't have any guards off the bench. Mm. You know, that's 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 as much of the game as anything. Mm. So you've got a fresh Watson Gale who's playing maybe 19, 20 minutes, who's in a position to make plays at the end of the game, and has the cojones and the and the and the um the mental toughness to do that, even when he hasn't made a play the whole game. Mm. You know, that's 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 formidable. And so I give him more credit. Um, then I give discredit. You look at the end of the day, Newcastle's defense in this game was not bad. They, they, they held Bristol at 68. Yeah, six points. It was not bad. Defensively, it was not their issue. Um, it was when they couldn't score, then they didn't get back, and they, and they didn't re, um, and they gave up layups as a result. Um, but um, yeah, they never looked like it. Yeah, yeah. 
So timeout Newcastle, no advance because there's 33 seconds to go. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, an open uh, 17-footer in the corner, but it's sort of an air ball. Johnson had come from the three-point line and just happened to be in the right spot as French tipped the rebound down to him, and he gets he gets fouled with yeah, nine. He's, really, he's a really good offensive rebounder, man. I know he's just happened to be in the right spot. We had 30 rebounds in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard, yeah you know, yeah. so it's not, it's, it wasn't, I wouldn't describe it as a fluke. You know, he does it all. No, no, time. he's come from the three-point line. But, yeah, but it. it needed a little help from, from French. French to get it to him. So yeah. there's 9.6 seconds left. Bristol call a timeout because they have another timeout to call. So this one was really about icing the shooter because uh, yeah. he could still advance the ball if he needed to, uh, Andreas. Uh, and Johnson at the line, uh, one to tie, two to win, basically. Misses them both. Yeah, he, throw, he didn't just ice them, he throws them rigid, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah well, it happens. You know, you've got, to, you know, that you've got to make shots at the end of the game. You players, good, better players than, than Kyle Johnson have missed foul shots at the end of the game. Worst players have made them, you know. Uh, it's, you know, it's tough. He played 28 minutes. He had 17 points, 13 rebounds. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't beat a guy up for missing a foul shot. Just no, no. Uh, so Mayhan got the rebound, was fouled. Smith was then fouled. Uh, then they've oh, got five seconds. They're about five yeah, seconds. Yeah, it's about five seconds, well. five to four seconds. Timeout to advance yeah. the ball. Cohen tried to foul but fell over, so they lost some time. So by the time they committed the fifth foul, there was only one point six seconds to go. Bell goes one for two, and that's that's the ball game. Yeah, there's a lot of night. There's Hail Mary shot at the end, but you know the, the team and the team. It's the cliche: it's team who knows how to win, team who doesn't. Um, but also, there's a there is a fatigue thing here. They they are playing, you know. I think Javier Hamlet played thirty eight minutes. And he's not built for that. Um, going thirty six minutes, you know, and they're not. They're not by nature um high minute players. I don't think they you know they need to get something. They they experimented with Kennedy at the point guard back the backup point guard a while ago, but you know got nothing out of that. Um, so it's it's that kind of issue, you know. There's if I look back at the last like Newcastle's last five games, you know, they could have won them all, but they didn't win any, you know. <laughs> um, you know, that they're, they're a very they're a competitive team. Um, but you gotta beat somebody yeah, eventually, yeah. and you gotta find a way to do it to be a pro. And at the moment, you they, they, they don't quite have that. Bristol, um yeah, really a total curate's egg, Bristol. You know, every time I watch it. Their physicality is enormously impressive. Um, their their execution isn't, you know, it really isn't. Um, but the individual talent that they have is is substantial. Mm. But I will say as well, you know, little margins. Yeah, I talked about the two points at the end of the game, the end of the first quarter. First quarter. There was also, you know, Kyle Johnson mate in the third quarter had an offensive rebound and a and a putback, and clearly somebody had been talking to him, so he starts talking to someone coming all the way down the court. By the time he gets to the baseline, he's still talking to the Bristol guy, and the rest have no recourse given the technical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A point. Yeah, yeah. Point, he's giving away a point. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, you know, sooner or later, you know, you know, little things add up and discipline matters. Mm. You know, and, and, and doing that that type of stuff, it doesn't matter what's going on, how much you, you, you feel it. You know, you have to be locked away. If you haven't won a game, it's one thing if you're winning and you can you can kind of front run a little bit and you know be a bit cocky and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I've won a game in a month, then everything you do has to be focused on how do we win that game mm. and not take anything away. And little so that's three points the game away, basically, and that's the game. Mm. Hamlet 24, Johnson, 17 points, 13 rebounds, four steals. Mm. Um 
The Eagles were 10 of 13 from the free throw line as well. The two they missed at the end were the most important ones. Uh, King, uh, 12 points and 10 rebounds. Bell, 10 points and 9 rebounds, but they combined for 10 for 27 for those uh, 22. Castle's interior defense is really good. You know, I mean, the, the you know, French, uh, French is, I really like French. <laughs> That's about the other my team. Um, you, you had Hassan, the 12 of 27 down in Plymouth. You know, he, he's shut out the Sheffield guys when they beat Sheffield. He is defensively somebody that teams are going to have to think about how they go at because he's actually he's really, really impactful at that end of the court. And Olison uh, with, with 10 points. So there was a stat, and I've not written it down, but Dave Owen asked me the last time a team won a game with nobody uh, at, at an index rating of 15. And it was one of those where in the, in the 15 years I can look back, it had only happened about eight times or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to uh, to the Sky Sports game. Uh, Leicester Riders 77, London Lions 102. Whelan was back for Leicester. They've obviously deregistered Costa Kufos. Nelson uh, has an inc- ankle injury on top of the other injured players that they're, they're missing. Zubcic, who we thought was going to be out, did did play, although he didn't quite look... Uh, to be but obviously, obviously, whatever lower extremity it was was, was, was fixed. was okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, Mackenzie with an <laughs> Mackenzie with an and one and uh, Leicester and a three and Leicester had their first lead against London this season. They've, really? they've not led wow. in any of the other games, uh, wow. but then Herban and uh, Solowade made threes in a thirteen zero run. It was eight to eight to seventeen, and London were on their way. There's a number of things to to pick about pick out about this, isn't there? Um, one, Kufos. You got to deregister somebody. We speculated, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, just before we get to that fact that they've got to deregister somebody, um, I will come back to my regular first week in March rant about why do we have these ridiculous rules which prevent this prevent people signing on after February when we've still got about half the season left. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think I think it's utter nonsense. You've got um, particular. I mean, even if you changed it to say teams could sign British players after February. Yeah. You want to get British guys in the league, you know, there are plenty of British guys playing around in leagues that finish in the middle you of the make mark. it first of April as well, couldn't first you? First of April, yeah. You know, which is still, you know, which would, would, would be more appropriate, more kind of percentage-wise in relation to the amount of games you'd say played like, you know, three quarters of the games by then, you would guess. Yeah. Essentially, the rule is a sort of legacy rule to stop play, stop teams signing somebody just to try and win the playoffs at the end. It is, but that's when the playoffs were in April. Yeah, 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 true. Um, and you're true. talking legacy, you're really talking 30 years, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and no one's ever thought, I think it was this year, maybe in January, and no one's ever thought of changing. And there's so much about this stuff, which is like, so, so, so why? Why are we now? It was why, January, why? it did used to be the 31st of January, yeah, yeah, which was yeah. which, which was even more nuts. Mm. And, um, as I say, now you, we're gonna have people, well, British players who finish playing in Europe in places in Europe in March, mm. we're gonna have BBL teams that pick up injuries. And and the British players who can't sign for them because of that, and I just think that is utterly bonkers. And the similarly, the fact that the, obviously they can only play five at any one time. Yeah. yeah. The fact that they've got to make the decision now in relation to Kufos, I think it just deprives us of a of a, of a, of a high quality player for a month, which we don't need to. Mm. And um, I don't know if anybody ever looks at this. It probably because it's one of those things because it's a neutral rule. No one ever thinks it's going to affect them. Yeah. So, because the, the 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 there isn't up until now, there is now we have now have a, effectively a commissioner, a CEO. Mm. Um, maybe he can look at that and, and bring something together to change it. But um, because it doesn't affect anybody adversely, the clubs just let it happen. 
you know, there's no, no one thinks that the big guy puts everything together and looks at the top and says, why are we doing this? You know, and rethinks everything. So that, that is unfortunate. So they've got to deregister somebody. Who do they deregister? They deregister Kufos. Um, it was getting some stick on social media, but to, to my credit, I think before even before these games, I was kind of defending it. Um, because firstly, their 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 um their schedule is apocalyptic, you know, really, you know. Mm. Um Kufos has not shown anything to suggest he's gonna be a, a, a BBL run in one game every three days guy. <laughs> you know, that's just mm. not gonna that's just not what It'll be unfair to expect that. I mean, they've sat him down this season whenever they could anyway. You then add the fact that, you know, it may just be that they just promoted the second best centre in the league to their first choice centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and Sharma, who is, you know, who is now empowered. Um, And you still, you know, have a, a six foot ten guy with a lower extremity injury to, to bring in mm. to play a small ball five if you want. And if even if you don't, you know, so... You know, and in the BBL, you know, in reality, you're going up against guys who are six, seven, and six, eight most of the time, anyway. Mm. Um, so, I think on that basis, I think it was a smart move. I think they would lose more from losing any of the others than they would lose from losing him, even though he was a comfort blanket mm. because he's a com- he's a guy. You know, the reality a- is with the six guys that they had, whichever one of them you shut down, you go, "Oh my." God, I can't believe they've sat him down because they're losing X, Y, and Z. So it was one of them where, I must admit, I didn't think they were going to sit him down. And we don't know what the thinking is behind it. There might be some other reason. Um, But I was sitting there thinking, going, well, actually, you know, if I looked at it, I'd go, well, actually, Urban is probably the guy that they really don't need. And he's an absolutely brilliant player, but they don't need that on top of everything else that they've got. But I wouldn't want to sit him down either. You know what I mean? It's so whoever I think, they I, think the real, I think my guess is the thought is, well, look, Kufus is only going to be playing half these games anyway. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So why, why should we take a guy out for all the games and then lose yeah. cost for half the games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because of the, the schedule. Because they're um, going to win the league in a, probably a few weeks anyway. So there's no yeah, and just, and um, yeah, and ultimately, you know, they, they've got you know they're going he's he's probably the guy who can handle it the best. The yeah, one yeah. game. Professionalism, the ability to play in Europe, to play, to maintain that standard in Europe, mm. and now, now from a basketball side of it, the kind of the corollary and kind of the almost accidental result of that is um, that they have now been moulded into a style mm. by the fact that he's not there, mm. um, and which helps them. Also, the fact Soko is not there. Actually helps them in a way, it hurts them in a way, but it helps in a way. I'll get to it in a minute. Then you add in the fact that all the guys who they've been given minutes to, who are kind of more of the BBL level guys, you know, who've been keeping the scores close in some games, or, or you, the guys you can help off. Um, so the younger guys, Kaboza, Wilichume, Wheelie, they're all injured. Mm. They can't play, right? So that means that you've suddenly got a team. With a rim runner, a point guard, and a bunch of guys who can a shoot. Load of wings, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of guys who can shoot, and you suddenly are absolutely set mm. in relation to how you're going to play. You're not toggled in between styles. You're not high, trying to bring in young guys playing with experienced guys. You, and the reason I did the death march at the beginning is because that's what they are now. Yeah, yeah. I they are now actually due to the subtractions. 
they're not as flexible as they were for the rest of the, at the beginning of the season in relation to the ways they can play, but they're going to be more dominant mm. because I don't know how you guard them. Mm. I mean, if uh, you would potentially shade off Soloade, but then he makes four threes in a game, yeah. uh, you would potentially um, you know, help a little bit off Comagum, but he's been making shots, and even then, he's not going to play that much. Mm. You know, if you're helping off him too much and you win, you might win five minutes. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you throw in the fact that um, Herban is, is an absolute terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is undoubtedly my favorite player in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, without a, yeah, as somebody who, you know, the, the god of numbers and all of that stuff. The efficiency of this guy, and there was a tweet out there, 50 50 90. He's looking yeah. at, you know, um, but not he's not just 50 50 90 insofar as he gets layups, open threes. Mm. If you run him off, he has the pull up, yeah, yeah. If you take the pull away, he can he's get really to good, <laughs> he he's is really, really good, really good, and he's competitive yeah. and he doesn't yeah. appear to have what I can see uh, any particular form of ego. Yeah. So you don't have. Kufos, who basically you have to kind of play around, you have to kind of run the little screen rolls, get him a little push shots, with mm. you right. Instead, you've got Sharma who's just legging it up and down, mm. right, and, and and dunking on everybody and rebounding and challenging shots. There's a more BBL, yeah, he's style, more BBL style, isn't he? You know, and you don't have Soko who's going to be catching the ball at the top and maybe being a bit more individualistic, mm. right? So you've just got the ball, the ball's just popping, mm. and the space is everywhere. And and you know so okay you're gonna you're gonna overload on Decker's side and Herban stood in the corner yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's death yeah and if Herban if you get across to Herban he's gonna throw it one more to Zubchich yeah that's double death yeah you know and then you, then when you decide you're gonna play off the ball a little bit best gonna take you to his left and he's gonna pull up and shoot them now, I haven't looked at their percentages from three but I'm telling you now and and the biggest thing about this game and just about get back to the Leicester game um Taylor showed us for the first time what he really is. Mm. Because for the first the first quarter of this game, Taylor Taylor led that team, and I, I don't even, I watched it uh, I only watched it once, but the, the the overriding impression I got of that first quarter was that Jordan Taylor said, "I'm here, mm. you know, we're winning this game," because he made he, he got he made plays the ring, made a couple of pull up jump shots, yeah. he, he, you know, he threw a alley up to to um to, to Sharma. Sharma, and I haven't you know up until now. If I was watching Jordan Taylor, um, Jordan Taylor, I wouldn't be thinking, "Oh, ex-Euroleague point guard." Mm. I, wouldn't, I haven't seen. I've seen enough that to know he's a good player, but mm. he hasn't separated himself from the rest of the league in relation to the level that he's played at. So the issue is, well, has he still got it? Maybe was, did he used to be better? Has he been? He's been injured. Is he fully back? Is he ever going to get fully back, etc.? I saw it in this game for the first time. What what he was, mm. you know, and it's been a while, and I just thought he led them in the first quarter when the game was on. And once they got separation from Leicester, it was over. It was done. You know, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you know, and it's it's tough. And you could see it. You know, Rob kind of knew. Mm. We all kind of know that. You know, you, you know, Ryan Schmidt has got no opportunity now to, to to blood players or to give players minutes or to arrest them. He's bringing in a killer for a killer. Mm. They're all killers, and um, Leicester Leicester competed. Absolutely. Um, and they struggled. Obviously, the, the fact that they couldn't make a three didn't help. And Whelan is obviously rusted because he'd been out and couldn't make a shot. Um, but that's, you know, they've got Lou Nelson to come as well mm. to add a bit more depth to that to that kind of guard side thing. And, and um, 
you know, that group is probably is going to get into such a rhythm over the next four weeks because they're going to be playing so many games together. Mm. They've got a bit of pride about them. Um, that I can realist. I mean, I, I think they'll win the league at twenty-eight and two. Mm. When they get to twenty-eight and two, I think they'll win the league. I think everybody because that'll be eight losses, and Leicester have got seven, and Bristol have got oh, eight. Yeah. So you know, so I think Leicester will probably drop another game somewhere, in, in, in the next you know a few weeks. And yeah. So twenty-two, and then do what they want. The last six games. Yeah, yeah. But um, I can't see anybody getting close. Uh, I thought they were dominant in this game. I thought they were really, really good. Um, but. You know, Herbert hasn't played much since Christmas. No, no. Teams, you know, he is the ability to shoot the ball when guarded with the mindset that's going in. We had a guy um, a few years ago in the league, Chilo Latinovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was he was the nearest thing, but Herbert's smoother. Yeah. And it gets slightly taller. Yeah. Um, it just He just doesn't look like he's... And has more off the dribble. Um, he just doesn't look like he's ever going to miss. No. So, uh, uh, credit, you know, credit to London. You know, they did a number on Leicester, but uh, I think they're going to do a number on everybody. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't read much into it for Leicester's perspective. I think they 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 played hard, they competed, um, but they were just the, the horses just aren't there. Yeah. Uh, got to double figures early second quarter was never in single figures again. Uh, McKenzie, who was Player of the Month, by the way, for um, yeah, right. for, for February. Uh, he had 18 points and seven assists. Jackson, 17, loving 14 and seven rebounds. Leicester were four of 27 from three, and they also missed seven free throws. Um, I think Mackenzie made two of them in the first quarter as well. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that's that length, that challenge. Yeah. That defense, you know, as, as a, they have the ability to play defense to a high level than anybody in the league because of the physicality and their depth. Mm. You know, they have more physical players. And physical doesn't mean pushing people. It means their length and their quickness to get from spot to spot. The one guy we haven't talked about who's gone under the radar because he's not played since we got here is Oni. Yeah, that was his um, first league game. Who is an absolute physical specimen. Mm. You can see why he got drafted. Yeah. You can kind of also see why he didn't stick because ultimately um, he hasn't made enough shots. You know, offensively, he's a bit hit and miss at the moment. And that's probably why he didn't stick with with the Jazz, but you can see why they invested time in him because mm. he is he has got an NBA body and an NBA defensive uh, mentality, ability to to block shots, to get up into people. You know he is probably even more than Malcolm Smith. You know the physical specimen in the league at the moment, mm. and and having him back. You lose Kufos, but you have him back as another athletic wing. Like, mm. you know, he could he could play the center in the BBL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, no question at all. He's never going to play the center for the London Lions. But I mean, that, that's where it becomes unfair. It's, I say unfair. It's it's it, it it is what it is. You know, it's it's just it makes it very very difficult to see how how you can um, stay close to them. You know, unless there are still the best still outside of London by far the best offensive team in the league. And they couldn't score enough to stay close. Mm. Uh, Decker eighteen and seven, Sharma six of eight shooting, seventeen and seven, Urban seventeen. They were fourteen of twenty nine by comparison for three. So that's ten more. And on top threes. of that, you know, I think they were up twenty in the first first half, and Decker shot the ball twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was that that was the killer because if Decker's going off and beating you, so be it. But he's just letting his teammates do it, and um, 
you know, and, and so what do you do? Do you stick or twist? Do you, do you decide you're going to come off him a little bit because somebody else is beating you and then they throw the ball at him and it's game over as well? Mm. Um, you know, they just, yeah, they, they were just exceptionally good. Uh, let's come to Saturday. Uh, Surrey Scorchers 99, Caledonia Gladiators 92. Little fist bump for Surrey. Uh, no Lawrence uh, for... Um, Sorry, no Ryan Martin either. Dobbs into the uh, starting five, and he hit three as Surrey scored the first eight points of the game. The offense was really flowing for Surrey in the first quarter. Well, they had a stretch four. And, uh, you know, I've kind of postulated before that in the BBL, I think Ryan Martin is a five. Um, he's, a five he's a stretch five. This guy can step out. Um but he's played a lot as a four. Well, in this game, they had um, Charleston Dobbs and Teo Gondembe playing at the four spot. And they gave them like nine of 12 from the three-point line or something between them. Teo was seven of nine. Yeah. And that doesn't half open your offense out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't half help you get to 100. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you've got if you've got your four spots dropping 30-odd 20, dropping points on, on nine of 12 threes, and it opens the, opens the floor up for everybody else. Um, against that, obviously... You know, Caledonia had been up for the game on Wednesday night. Mm. Um, the first quarter, I thought they were pretty atrocious. They weren't up. They weren't up for it, and so he did exactly what you meant to do, which was to take it to them. Mm. Um, I was a little bit worried at the end of the first quarter because they were celebrating like they'd won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a Billy Mims game twenty-five years ago, yeah. <laughs> twenty years ago at Loughborough. Yeah. 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 We're the game all season, but we're, we're beating the Eagles by 10 after the first quarter, so we're going to let Lapa Bonner on the court before we <laughs> Yeah. Um, you probably remember it. Um, but, um, you know, they, they stuck with it. Um, and they, their offense never dried up to that point. Now, um, their five, which was, you know, McFoley does help because he can score. Mm. You know, the bottom line is the guy. The guy is not shy of a shot, but he's a he's a high enough percentage shooter to be able to, to think. Oh, I don't want him shooting it. Yeah. If you scout the scout on McFoley, but you don't let him shoot it, you got to get up into it, make him drive into the traffic. Um, and it's always good to have one of those guys. Mm. Does, he does what it does warp the way the defenses have to think, so he does help that way. But they're also, um, you know, the, when Wang makes shots, that's important for them. Um, Steele is a solid player. Steele's always been a solid player. He's, he's not been healthy long enough for people. He was in the GB squad two and a half years ago, Josh Steele. He's only still only 26. Right? He's a solid basketball player. Um, and uh, with good size and can shoot the ball. He shot you know 40 odd percent, 44 percent his last full season of BBL from three. Um, and, and Johnson has been really good at center, mm. even though he's undersized. He played with a ton of energy and he's not let himself be kind of. Um, held back, and because it, the depth isn't really there, Lloyd doesn't have that many guys to play. So you know they're all getting to a rhythm. They're all getting to play. Um, Glasgow then, Caledonia then, sorry, kind of self-destructed a little bit. Um, interestingly, yeah, Keith was wearing a different shirt to the other. He two was, ones. yeah, yeah, he was. So, yeah. What, what, what? I don't what, know. Was, at one point, it was a vest with a black undershirt, but I'm yeah. assuming from the black kind of corners. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to know the inside story. Somebody text me. It'll be, I'll be um, a little bit more careful with my sources than Isabel Oakshot. And uh, <laughs> nobody will ever find out what's the story yeah. with this T-shirt. Because you had the right one on today. So yeah. I wanted somebody, I think one of his refereeing colleagues the last game has accidentally slipped his real T-shirt in his bag or something. Just as a crack. <laughs> 
there's stuff going on there. Anyway, um, so yeah, so but they began to lose their, their, their rag a little bit, and then the kind of um, main suspect Bailey um, managed to get himself thrown out. Let's just let's just get there first, because uh, yeah. first thing to say, uh, it was 35-19 at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. That is the best scoring quarter for Surrey since the 22nd of September 2018, 35-15 in the third quarter against the Rocks. They were also 6-6 six of six for three-point range in the first quarter. Ali Hodgett had uh, added a uh, power to 12-3 run to make it uh, 38-31 in the second quarter. Uh, but Wang and Teo uh, both hit threes. It was back to double figures at halftime, 53-40. So then we get to the point that you're just talking about. Midway through the third quarter, uh, Bailey scores and he sort of steps towards uh, Keith Williams, the referee, and says something. That's a tea waiting to happen. They, somebody well, had already got I think a tea. Fair. I think that's a tea for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'd already had a warning and a technical. Who yeah, oh, was it? Yeah, was it Durham? I'm... Durham had got a warning and then carried on and then got a technical. Yeah, that's So you're right. already what? You're already on a short leash at that. So the point. moment you make that kind of semi-aggressive yeah. kind of movement towards yeah, the ref, so no, I'm not defending that. I'm not, not arguing no. about that one. But then we didn't see what the second technical was for because there was a, a replay going on. But the, yeah, the... It's clearly as he's walking off the court, he said yeah. something else. Yeah. He, he did a yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and and obviously then he's got to go, and you know, and you know, Gareth was annoyed because he didn't start him tonight. Um, yeah. and, and you know that that that's that's that discipline thing again. You know, you've got to know what you're walking into and, and discuss things. I think we might, he might have been fouled, but it wasn't an obvious non-call. No, no. That was an obvious call that was missed. You know, no. he's in a spin move, made a layup. You know, I mean, it might have been a little. You know, as I say, it wasn't something where I thought, oh, how did the ref miss that? You know, yeah. um, you just got to get re get you know, you you're losing by ten, get back up the court, run back, play defense. Yeah. Um. So he's always so he threw his toys out, and um, that again. Kind of helped Surrey a little bit because it again it breaks Caledonia's rhythm. Mm. Problem was Surrey really couldn't stop Caledonia scoring once once they got going. Mm. So it really they really then became a question. And what to be honest, even with three minutes ago, I didn't think they were going to survive it. It was going to be a question of could Surrey keep scoring until the end before Caledonia could catch them up. Yeah, yeah. So mm. with eleven minutes to go, seventy-two sixty, uh, Caledonia then got the next eleven points. Um, yeah. That can't be right because I've got seventy three sixty two, so it must have been eleven. Uh, it must have been twelve one or something. Um, and and you're thinking, here we go. Sorry, you're going to yeah. give it away. But Teo hit a couple of important three pointers to move it back to to eight. But by this point, as you say, they've they've got their rhythm a little bit. Caledonia Durham starts hitting shots down the edge and uh, down the end, and one forty three to go. He makes a three ninety three ninety. Um, firstly, with I mean, Teo, um, fantastic, you know, coming back from how long out making seven threes. I mean, but that's what he does, you know. If you leave him in the corner in Surrey Sports Park, where he's probably shot a million shots, mm. you know, a million and a half shots, you leave him in the corner, he's going to make it. And you, you leave him on the top, he's going to make it. And having that guy who shoots it without hesitation and is going seven or eight of ten, seven or nine, eight of ten, yeah. fantastic. You know, he, 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 you know, he gets the gold star for this game, he gets yeah, the yeah. game ball. Yeah, yeah, um, Cloud Caledonia's defense, to be fair, probably doesn't. No, <laughs> he's not the one you're going to be leaving to, to yeah, shoot all yeah. But then again, those guys haven't seen much tape of him, they don't know. No, no true. He, plays, he hasn't played many games, they don't, they don't, they don't play as the other thing is, like in the schedule, this could be the game in between 
the semi-final yeah. and London away London, and you yeah. just sort of look past it. And then they're 2-20. and 20. Yeah. But players never believe a thing a coach tells you until no, it happens. To until it happens. And, it did my head in. You know, yeah. you could not even tell them what was going to happen. The hardest, the, probably the, the, the biggest downside of having rookie players in your team is that until it happens to them, they don't get it. And once it happens to them, they understand. And it's the most frustrating thing as a world in the world being a coach. Yeah. Um, when you know what's going to happen, and you know what your player needs to do to avoid it, but the yeah. player doesn't quite believe no, you. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. To go enough to sell it out, yeah. you know. So that happened. Yeah. So they got they got right back, and, so, and you were just waiting. And to be honest, Lloyd had put Boban in with three minutes to go, yeah. and I couldn't work out why. And he took him yeah. out again a minute later and put Shaq yeah. and Johnson back in. Yeah. I was actually thinking, why is John? That was that was Caledonia's run. Why is John? Because Boban wasn't finishing in this game. No. Johnson was like, where's Johnson? Why isn't he in the game? You know. So so it's. Uh... 143, 93, 90. Carey missed, Durham driver missed, Teo had a turnover, Jimenez had a turnover, McFarlane had a turnover. And then there's 25.3 seconds to go and Wang fouls Jimenez at mid-court and uh, that is called a regular foul and a sideline ball. And um, and uh, Caledonia are going mad. Before you rant, Caledonia are going mad that this should be an unsportsmanlike. Before you rant, there are two two elements of the unsportsmanlike yeah. rule that that could yeah. potentially be in play here. I'm going to read them out. Excessive, comma hard contact caused by a player in an effort to play the ball or an opponent, mm-hmm. and secondly, un- unnecessary contact caused by the defensive player in order to stop progress of the offensive transition. Yes. I my take is it's definitely the last, and it's borderline yeah. the first. Yeah, borderline. I wouldn't have called the first if it had happened in the half court. I wouldn't have called that as unsportsmanlike. But the second one, mm. there was, no, there's one. No, there's one early in the game. Him and us did the same thing. Mm. Didn't get called. Um, and you have to go back to find it. I didn't just kind of a little quick mental note about it mm. because there was a couple in Serbia where we didn't get a call where we should have yeah. got a call. Yeah, yeah. There was one in the GB game against Belgium where Kyle Johnson got called for one where literally it was it was a touch after a turnover. You know, ninety feet from the basket, yeah, and yeah. you see these guys. And what I don't, and I don't, I don't, I have no clue how this is being interpreted. I'm not going to slate the refs because, in, as far as the game goes, they were consistent, mm. right? But insofar as they didn't call Jimenez for the one, and they didn't call Wang for the one, mm. I don't, I don't know what they're, in, I don't know what the interpretation is because you know, we've talked previously, me and you, you know, we're about the only people that watches all these games, mm. right? And nobody else does, and. Looking for patterns and looking for what a, what a, a transition in sports like is and what it isn't. Mm. It is literally, you know, throwing a dart at a dartboard blindfolded. Mm. I have no clue. I see, I see little touch fouls on turnovers, eighty five feet from the basket being called on sports like, and then I see something like that where Wang has basically made a, a, a deliberate decision to stop the ball to foul. Had every opportunity to avoid fouling, mm. chosen not to, and done it on the half court when his team was in, I think it was either two or one, two and one, or maybe a three on one situation behind mm. him. Maybe two, two and one with the ball. The ball made it three on one. Mm. And I just don't know how that cannot be in unsportsmanlike. Yeah, I thought it was You know, I just don't get it. And I don't know what the, I don't think there's any consistency amongst the referees. If I was a player, I wouldn't have a clue what I can and can't do. My kind of guide is if a player immediately takes somebody out with half court and then puts his hand up like that. That's probably yeah, yeah. Like, probably <laughs> you know, because if you because because you're acknowledging it because you know you fouled him, and um, 
you know, there's, you, you, we could point, we could go back if we had the time or the inclination, which neither of us do. We could go back and show ten which were less than that, which yeah, have been yeah. caught. Yeah, yeah. You know, this season, and um, I, I really, I felt a little bit at that point for for Caledonia because you know you've you had you've had three technicals, you've been a bit upset with a couple of calls, but that one, mm. um, yeah, I couldn't see a justification for it not being be other than yeah. the fact that. But as I said, I hadn't called it earlier, so I don't know what they're calling and what they're not calling. Mm. I don't, I don't know what it is. So it was called a regular foul, which meant a sideline ball because they weren't over the limit. They called That's a timeout. Yeah, yeah. They... Yeah, it was two shots. Make two shots. You got the ball down one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game. They they called a timeout. Um, Durham ran the screen. Really good look at a three. Just rimmed out, yeah. um, out of bounds, but came off. Sorry. So it was a. 20.6 seconds to go. Uh, Caledonia ball on the end. Tape slips to the rim and Johnson gets the block and carry away on a fast break layup. Dunks it in 95-90. Yeah, well, that was the game. Yeah. No one shot. I mean, to be fair, Caledonia didn't deserve to win the game, so he did. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I hate using that cliche because yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah. points deserves to win. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last 30-second players are different. They well, well the, the, the game we did uh, two games ago, the uh, the winning team sent a uh, tweet tagging in Northumbria police claiming they uh, had robbed Newcastle of victory. Yeah, well, you know that that type of stuff comes back to bite you. You know, it, it just does. You know, and it comes back to bite you when you have to play Manchester on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, event. You know, never a fan of. Um... Well, I thought it was very amusing and and yeah. self self depreciating the fact that they admitted yeah, that, we that they yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that they yeah. probably should have lost. Yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, I'm a very, very. I'm I'm flannoy trained on that one, which is like say yeah. nothing, nothing, say nothing, you know, yeah. don't don't store up anything for the future. Well, it could be business for you if it goes to criminal oh, yeah, courts. Well, huh? if they're, yeah, if they're robbing people, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean that, there you go, perpetuating a racial stereotype. Um, in the meantime, Newcastle Council is outside the um the, the arena, ticketing everybody parked on the pavement. Oh so really? Yeah. Um. So perhaps they should have been looking at that instead. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, so yeah, but that, that was it, it, not robbery because ultimately they made the place to win. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, you know the, you made the so, place to win, so he didn't. Yeah. Back, back to this one. Uh, Durham made a jumper, but then Sloan got grabbed around the waist and and didn't let go. So uh, it, yeah, and it, I had someone telling me that wasn't in sports night because that's what players do in those gentle. But you can't. You have to call. You that. have to. Yeah, you have to. You know, the minute you put two hands around somebody's waist yeah. from behind. You know, otherwise, you know, the I, other thing I think that didn't help him on that was I, I, I think um, I forget who, who did he foul. I forgot who it was. Whoever it was was falling over. So yeah. I think he sort of held on to him to stop him from falling over, which mm. if he'd sort of let go of him, yeah. it yeah, might have been then not long enough. And they would have. But anyway, I did, they weren't going to win from there anyway. Did no, they? but you can't put two. you know, you have to be a little yeah. bit smarter than that. You cannot yeah. put two hands around somebody's waist. Because otherwise, we just have people bear hugging other people on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it would just be nonsense, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, you've got yeah. to be, it has to be some form of play on the ball. Yeah. Or attempted play on the ball. But but happy for the fans who've endured a lot this season. They come back every week and it's. it's, it's always, yeah, let's give Story some yeah, credit, yeah. you know. I mean, it's, yeah, there's 800 people in there. Yeah. But there is always 800 people in there. Mm. You know, and I've been there and it's a nice place, you know, and it's, it's, it's a leafy, leafy, leafy green area. Um, which seems to have benefited from its unfair share of leveling up money. Um, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> you know, you can come to our come to our car park on the Scotswood Road mm -hmm. instead. 
Um, we don't get the um, we don't have to we don't get to walk through the the, the playing fields of no. Um, but it's got a nice cafe, a nice um, you know, a nice bar upstairs, and, and we won the league there. Mm. So I'm quite I'm quite fond of sorry. And then the yeah. fifty meters, we obviously had never seen one of them until I until I went south of Nottingham. Um, <laughs> You know, and um, even even Crystal Pass, I don't think it had a fifty meter swimming pool. Maybe it did. I can't remember. It was always very hot though. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm delighted for them because yeah. they, they do turn up every week. You know, yeah, yeah. it's not the same as every day, and they do fill the arena every week. Now they only have a one sided arena. It's not their fault, um, and I'm not sure there's anything they can do about that. Um, but you know, to be four and forty six over the last fifty games and still be and still be getting eight hundred people in there. Yeah, yeah. One is impressive, mm-hmm. but two, it also indicates that. You know, uh, however counterintuitive it is, for British basketball, you know, winning doesn't equal crowds. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, no. Otherwise, otherwise, at the moment, I'd be, I'd be battering my way through, um, through nobody to get into the virtual. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, Teo Ogundengbi, twenty-five points, seven of nine, all three pointers. Uh, Wang, uh, twenty-five, ten points, seven assists. McFoley. 25 points those three players were 21 of 35 for 75 points which is over two points per shot attempt yeah you got and over three win. points per shot made obviously yeah. free throws yeah. um uh, 16 of 28 for three they were uh overall durham had 16 sloan had 15.6 rebounds five assists on West had 13 points. They were 11 of 19, I've got here. Is that right from three? Yeah. Um, so my mate Alex asks me a couple of questions and to ensure that he has to listen, I'm giving him the answers here. Uh, the, the first one was, uh, when was the last time uh, a team had three players scoring 25 points in the same game? Well, actually, it was recently because it was the Hoods against, uh, it was Cheshire against Nottingham Hoods in the yeah. trophy. Uh, but between BBL teams, that's the first time since March 21, Rocks versus Manchester. And it's only the ninth time since 2008 that a team had three players scoring 25. The other question he, the other question he asked me was, uh, what is the most points somebody has scored without attempting a two-point shot? Because Teo was seven of nine and the rest of his points came from the free throws. He didn't take a two. Uh, And the answer to that is also in that game against the Hoods, because Lloyd Daniels was nine of 16, uh, all three pointers for 27 uh, points. But as Alex should well know, and you should well know, Dave, the answer to any question that is about volume three-point shooting is Yorick Williams. Of course it is. Uh, So I can only go back to 2008, uh, but in that time, the most points by anybody who didn't shoot a two-pointer was 30, and it was Yorick Williams, who had, was 8 for 10 for 3 for Milton Keynes against Cheshire in September 2009. And I know on his commute that Alex would have yelled Yorick out at exactly the same time that you He only did. shot 10. He must have been unlimited minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, good, win for the, uh, good win for the Scorchers, and... Um, well, yeah. Not... The only thing is, the only thing you say is that they they played a perfect game and they won a one possession game. Yeah. yeah Offensively, yeah. they played a perfect game and they've won by yeah. three. You know, so it's 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 you know it's a tough it's still a tough it's tough to get wins. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
Uh, let's come to Sunday. Uh, London Lions 99, Caledonia Gladiators 67. Uh, there's not a lot really to say about this one. Deco, Urban, Zubchik. There'll be a lot to say about what um, uh, Jeremiah Bailey was thinking when he walked in and saw the refs. <laughs> yes, I hadn't actually thought well, of that's that. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the guy who threw me out. You know, yeah, yeah. hours ago, and I've yeah. seen him again. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you should be referring to. I mean, I, I, I don't know. How, I like Keith. I've got a lot of time for him, but anyway, I'm not sure it's appropriate for any ref to be refereeing the same team with twice within 18 hours in the BBL. Mm. Mm. That's you know, maybe a last minute replacement, and he did have he did have the right shirt on. But even mm. so. I think you know that's setting yourself up as a hostage to fortune a little mm. bit. Don't put anybody in a particularly nice position. Mm. I'm honest. Um, not that it made any blame bit of difference to no, this game. No, and no. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with uh, anything I say wrong with, um, with with Keith Williams or indeed any other ref who was in that situation. I just think it's not very good. Mm. Mm. Uh, so basically, Decker, Urban, Zubchich all hit threes either side of the first break. They went from fourteen eleven to twenty seven. 12 Decker was basically picking them apart in the first quarter, first half. He hit three on the half time buzzer, it's 48 30. Yeah, I mean, it's, that was just so blah, easy. Blah, 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 it? Yeah. Cross over to my left, raise yeah. up and shoot. I didn't watch the second half, I went to the Manchester yeah. game yeah. and went straight onto the Cheshire game. Um, you know, Sharma, you know, we don't, we don't knock Sharma. Sharma is block is challenging everything at the rim. You know, and he is a weapon defensively. That nobody yeah, yeah. he's like Kyler Kelly with a with a body, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think he, you know, and he ran down the court at one point and Taylor threw him a bounce pass and he's just dunked it from the foul line. And you know, you know, kind of weaponizing him and unlocking him so he's not just playing spot minutes with a kind of an, with a kind of a second unit which is changing all the time. Putting him into that group is, you know, really could unlock him and, and be a real problem for everybody else. But there's enough real problems there anyway, mm. without, without giving everybody else another one. Um, Caledonia Bailey didn't start. Obviously, Gareth not happy with him from um, from from the night before. Um, but you know they they're play, I mean look they're playing on some they're playing a, a high profile high pressure game at eight o'clock on in Surrey on Saturday night and then there's a couple of box at four o'clock. Mm. On, on Sunday, I mean, you know, as the league goes forwards, and I know it's a choice of the clubs from up north to go down south and do double headers. Yeah, but you know, it it smacks of having to play games for the sake of having to play games. Mm. Um, you know, it just I don't think it it's a, it's good for for a, for a contest. I don't think it's good um for the league to I don't you know to have it a team coming off such a significant rest disadvantage and anything less than 24 hours in my view is untenable mm. you know like the, the the saturday the saturday sorry the sunday three o'clock at plymouth if you haven't got, if you're not giving people 24 hours to recuperate then that's just not it's not right shouldn't happen um and this was you know six o'clock till four o'clock and i just don't think that's i don't think that's right and fair but they chose it so so it's on there you know they had to accept the fixture yeah. And know that it's cost saving because they do only have to travel down there once, etc. Um, but it doesn't make for an, a, a particularly exciting or interesting basketball. I mean, they're really the London just awesome. I mean, yeah. you know, they, at this point with the guys that they're playing and the rhythm that they're in and their freshmen coming back off of the, the break, and Deck has had three weeks off and been according to Instagram, being some very nice places. Um, you know, it's just fun for them at the moment. Yeah. You know, every, they've seen what everybody's got. They know the league. There's nobody going to jump on them like Sheffield and um, Bristol did in 
in, in October. They know exactly what they're dealing with. Um, it's you know they're just too good. Yeah, that's uh, not they... too, good. It's too good is a bad thing. That's a different argument. But at the moment, they are you know you have to give them absolute credit. You know they're playing yeah. high. Yeah, yeah. They had a 19-2 run early in the third quarter to really uh, push it away. Urban, eight of twelve shooting for twenty-one points. Sharma eight of eleven shooting for nineteen points and six rebounds. Decker six of nine shooting for seventeen points. Uh, fifteen of thirty-seven from three. Uh, Tape twelve and ten. Sloan ten point six assists. Raise at ten. They were thirty-eight percent from the floor, twenty-five percent. At one point, I was wondering if anyone were getting double figures. I think halfway through the fourth quarter, they had no one in double figures, mm. and that was going to be my question, but they did. Yeah. So it's not... yeah. Uh, let's go to Bristol, where the uh, Flyers were beaten eighty-one eighty-six by the Manchester Giants. No Kofi Josephs yet. Um, William Lee apparently got a groin injury in the warm-up. Uh, so he didn't play, uh, and that meant Legend Roberto was into the starting lineup. Five nothing to Bristol after 51 seconds. Vince McCauley had called a timeout. It's got to yeah, be the earliest one of the season. Probably, but you could understand why two really cheap turnovers, two really cheap turnovers, yeah. which was the team that wasn't ready to play. Vince has been around long enough to know when a team looks like it's not ready to play, and there's no point waiting it out. Mm. You've got them, you use them. You know, if you've got to refocus, refocus, let's start again. You know, that can, the unusualness of that um, can grab a player's attention, mm. you know, because players are conditioned to certain things happening. And yeah. they're used to, when something out of the ordinary happens, it can kind of make them do a double think and think, oh, but yeah, on top of that, then you get the chance to speak to them or shout at them, depending yeah. on which, which is your preference. Um, so, yeah, um, that's right. William Lee. He's, he's out for a long time with his ankle. You know, he's you're worried if he's a bit puppy mash if he's hurt his groin again. He's going to have, you know, they need him mm. in this game eventually. But, you know, he's a, a massive piece for them to sustain because there's a lot of guys in this game playing 40 minutes. Well, certainly two or three of them played 40 minutes. That's hard. Um, yeah, so Bristol, you know, come out like they only do at home, flying. Um, flying, get it? Um, and um, made some shots. Um but Manchester, you know, with a yet another Nick Lewis um, cameo, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of re-established themselves um, in the game quite quickly. Yeah, it was tied up at, at 14 points apiece. And then early in the second quarter, Bristol had a 24-18 lead, but Manchester, with uh, Lewis scoring, went 11-3 to, to take the lead. Uh, Delpesh had the last six points of the first half, so that was the difference at the interval 44 39 uh, and they had a 10 point lead three minutes in but then again lewis seven points in a 12-0 run manchester back on top 54 56 yeah and then i thought the game probably you know, there's been a bit of chippiness between these teams um this year and, and the, primarily the, the source of the chippiness has been Corey samuels mm. he gets into people and he you know and he he's, doesn't take a backward step and i'm sure andreas loves him for that um, I think it rather um, was rather counterproductive in this game because I thought this game changed in the third quarter um, when he started talking to Fletcher and Fletcher, who was playing 40 minutes, decided that, you know, you're not talking to me like that and pulled up and made a three and pulled up and made a jump shot and then pulled up and made another three and then got Nick Lewis to jump a three 
And I thought Ramon took over the game for about five minutes and I've seen it in him. I know why. I know that's because you could see the way he was looking at the bench, at the Bristol bench. You could see the way he was talking or looking at Samuels in relation to what was going on. And sometimes you've got to kind of, you've got to know which, which bear to prod. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's a, it's a meaningful, I suppose it's a lesson for life, really. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. you have to say something and sometimes you have to walk on past. I could tell you now you don't you don't prod Ramon mm. um, unless you're up thirty. But you, if you're up thirty, you don't need to. Mm. If you're in a close game, you know you you know he's a what a four time MVP, four time Finals MVP, a mm. two time League MVP. He's won everything. He's got more. He's gonna probably end up with more assists than anybody in the history of the league. Mm. Um, and he's been there, done it, seen it. And um, you know, and to, for certain guys who've been around that long, a little bit extra to get their juices flowing a little bit faster is not what you want to give them. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what happened, mm-hmm. and that kind of game that brought the game up because Bristol could not Bristol, despite an utterly ridiculous offensive rebounding performance, mm-hmm. um, could not throw it in the ocean. He was also on the Helen Skelton show this morning on Radio Five Live. I was coming back from my son's football game. And Ramon, went, the, yeah, I was like, "Who's that? That voice sounds really familiar." And he was talking about basketball, and it was Ramon. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know why I missed the beginning of it. I just oh, heard, just yeah. like Kobe Bryant actually, because I was listening to a Kobe Bryant piece the other day, and you know, literally, I had to do a double tape. I thought I thought it was Ramon's voice, and Ramon's mm. from Kansas City, so I don't know how that's happened. But anyway, mm. yeah. Uh, the 9-0 run early in the fourth quarter, and Giants are up uh, 61-77 with five. Yeah, they got some dunks, and they got yeah. some runouts, and they got some steals, and, and basically they're in a rhythm. And you know, and eventually, if you keep, if you miss as many shots as Bristol did, then then eventually they're gonna um, they're gonna pay for it. As I say, they had 30 offensive rebounds in this game. <laughs> the stats in this game are utterly remarkable. Mm-hmm. Get when we get round to them at the end, utterly yeah. remarkable. Um, in relation to how Bristol managed to lose this game, um, but yeah, you know they did, and, and and the only problem was Manchester made they were a little bit too early, and thought it was done, and it wasn't. Mayhan stepped up and made a couple of threes. Mayhan three scores from King and Miller. Mayhan three. Delpash steal and dunk. It's seventy five eighty one with two oh eight to go, and then Green had a a turnover. Yep. Uh, and Miller at the end of the shot clock with one twenty two to go makes a long two seventy seven. 81, then Fletcher missed uh, down the other end. King missed, but Bell got an offensive rebound and put back, and it's 71-81. Uh, and it's suddenly, 79, think, 79, sorry, 79-81. And you're thinking they're going to do it again here, Bristol, aren't they? Steal it at the death. Yes, I was, but I wasn't because I thought, you know, Manchester have a little bit more offensive experience than Newcastle did. Manchester had scored easier in the game than Newcastle had because Newcastle scored nine points in that fourth quarter. Mm. I don't really remember the nine to be honest. I'm not sure how they got that. Um, in Manchester, I didn't. I felt like I didn't manage to get the ball into into Fletch, and I did, I got him. I just had it in my mind that you know after he what he did in the third quarter, they weren't going to lose that game. Mm. Certain games, for certain players, they weren't going to lose, and they got him the ball, and he drove right, and he got fouled, and and um, knocked down a couple of them. Um, you've you've, you've missed up. a couple of plays. You've jumped a couple of plays there. First of all, was uh, Robertson with a uh, quick layup, seventy nine eighty three. Mayhan missed. That was uh, bad defense. That was bad. Bad, that was bad defense. defense. Yeah. They're flying around. They've got them under the. Under the um cosh on the cosh, and they just leave him up court to one more. No one gets back, yeah. and he actually probably got fouled on the play as well. Didn't get yeah, caught. Yeah, might have been. Yeah, uh, Mayhan misses a three. They got two offensive rebounds, and then Delpesh is fouled. He makes both free throws, 
8183. This is the one you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Fletcher, Fletcher drives, Miller's foul. He makes two free throws. 11.9 seconds to go, 81.85. He's got to take his left hand away at that point. Yeah, yeah. He's got to take his left hand away. He's got to have a bigger guy on him to make him go over you. That's not the matchup. Mm. And he's going to knock, he's knock them down. There's, you know, there's times, you know, and he, and he, that's what you meant to do, finish the game. And um, that was basically it, wasn't it? They didn't have really have a shot. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was it. Yeah, King missed the three King and Green got the three. rebound. Yeah, yeah. Come on, the important stuff, the numbers, come so, on. So, uh, I don't know that I've got everything that you're looking for, but let me give you what I've got. Delpesh, 21 points and 14 rebounds. Bell, 18 points and 9 rebounds. King, 14 points and 11 rebounds. He had 29 offensive rebounds. Only 20 second chance points for their 29 yeah, exactly. offensive rebounds. Uh, uh, Jelani Watson-Gale was uh, 0 of 9, by the way. They had just 9 points off the bench, all from Allison. The bench uh, were 2 for 23 combined shooting. Well, the number that I've got is that despite the fact that they had, I think, 20 more shot attempts than Manchester, 8 more foul shots or something, attempts, Mm. less turnovers, and that was one of the number as well, which would explain it. Maybe maybe just those three. They managed to lose. Mm. I don't know how you can lose a game where you, you shoot the ball, you have fewer turnovers, 20 plus more shots, more foul shots, and you still manage to lose. Um, just remarkable. I mean, I'd love to know. There must be a historic offensive rebounding team in this league. You can probably find some stat for that. Yeah. Not just in relation to the num- in relation to the proportion of I mean the not just the numbers, because obviously that's going by pace. Mm. Um, but the, it'd be interesting to know that the proportion of offensive rebounds that they, they hoover up. Yeah. But, know, I, I, but I still go back to 20 points is not enough from 29. That's right. That's right. Of course it's not. It was the same at Newcastle. As I say, they they had four offensive rebounds in the first possession. They couldn't score. Um, But, you know, but you have to be there to see that, to understand their relentlessness. Yeah, 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 it is. And and I know Ro, while he's pumping iron now, will be shouting at me going, yeah, but it wears the other team down. And he's right in that. It does wear the other team down. But... uh, You still need to put the ball on the hoop. Yeah. Um, but, but beyond that, it'd be interesting to know just how how historically how good they are offensive rebounding compared to you know previous teams because I've never, I I don't I'm struggling to think of a team that's dominated the way they have mm. in the past. Uh, Fletcher twenty one points nine rebounds, Green twenty points eight rebounds, Lewis fifteen points and nine rebounds, Manchester twelve offensive rebounds, seventeen second chance points. Wow, that's much better. Taj Green re- finishes better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Robertson finishes better off the offensive rebounds. And to be fair, Nick Lewis is probably having his most consistent season ever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's few, well, far fewer where's Nick Lewis today games mm-hmm. than has been. You know, every week he's showing up. I think he's enjoying it. Playing with Fletcher is a big thing because Fletcher gets you the ball where you can get good shots mm-hmm. and get your confidence going. He's a confidence guy. Uh, so let's go to the trophy semi-final. Cheshire Phoenix 82, Sheffield Sharks 78. The champions will be back to defend their title. Uh, Ocharobia has gone to, I think it was Senegal he's gone to in the Basketball yeah. African League. So he's obviously not there for the he's rest of the He's on a two-year contract, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two years, eight months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a nice place, Senegal. I went there a few years back. Um, I assume he's in the gym that I commentated in. Very hot in there. And you don't yeah. want to be playing at dusk because it gets all slip, the court gets slippy. Um, no, I'm gonna make well sold the press, sold the press, yeah. head on for this week's Sunday night breakdown. It gets hot in Africa. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But the the gym has has uh, no air conditioning, and there's like a up oh, by the commentary booth. There's like open bits, so the heat comes in and stays in under the roof. And as That's I say, the court at at, at at sundown, the court was getting a bit slippy. Um, anyway. It was, you found. Uh, I, I, I let it congratulate you on finding something that I don't feel in yeah. my own slightly egotistical brain that I'm qualified to comment on. Yeah, yeah. It also absolutely lashed it down one day. The 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 the, flow, the, the roads weren't designed to, to to cope with that much rainfall. Uh, anyway, uh, aside from my aside from my 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 week or two in Dakar, uh, let's come back to the uh, let's come back to the. Game, uh, Sheffield eleven in a row in the first quarter to lead uh, nine to nine to fifteen. Started well, Sheffield. This was a joy. This mm, game it was, yeah, um, and it was a joy because it, it was worth ten of the, all the nonsense, all the games that we've been watching mm. over the past weeks. And some games are better than others, obviously. Yeah, it was worth ten of them. The concept that we would do away with this is just nuts to me. What you had there was a packed gym, a game which mattered to everybody, a real a real sporting environment, a game which went down to the wire. Both teams, basically their only realistic prospect of success, mm. winning something this year. And, you know, it's being floated that we're not going to have this. It's just nuts. I, I mean, I was watching, just watching it thinking, this is real fun. Mm. This is a real, this is a real, there are real consequences to this game. Cheshire in particular, because they've been there before, but team has been there before. Mm. Rodney Glasgow's won it before in Glasgow with Newcastle. Mm. You know, Sheffield have got a history in the trophy of winning. Mm. You know, it's a big thing. And um, and, and, and as I, said, I just, just can't get my head around the fact that, you know, I, I, that, I, that was a league game, um, it would, would have been 60% of the same game mm. because the, 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 the jeopardy wasn't there, wouldn't have been there. You know the 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 the, the, uh, the environment wouldn't be the same. So yeah, so you know, please, you know, there'll be four, no no harm in four trophies. I can understand it if I can understand it, then most people can. Um, most people who care can. Anyway, yeah, Sheffield started off with their kind of really offensively in rhythm. Rutino started at the four. The guards, you know, Ramsey stepped up early, made some shots, and he's kind of demonstrating a, a pull up shot now, which he probably mm. wasn't as consistently hitting when he was just got here. Um, they brought Pipkins in, and Pipkins is is clearly comfortable with Pipkins because he's he's a guy who can make plays as well. Certainly went a bit cold in the second half, but in the first half, you know, he was he was making shots and attacking, and the spacing looks great. And obviously Nelson can score, and yeah, you know. But the other story, the other side of it was, um, you know, Will Neighbor was excellent, and he was able to defend Coke and also make shots at the other end, mm. um, which kind of kept Cheshire's nose in it. Mm. Yeah. And then Archibald and Evans from behind the arc uh, cut the gap to, to to a basket. Cheshire then scored 11 in a row just before halftime to take the lead, 41 to 33. I mean, two things. I mean, Jamel's shooting the ball really well this year. Yeah. He's yeah. gone under the radar a little bit. Um, but, you know, he is becoming a guy that you may put on the ground. And in the past, he's always, he was he started off as a guy you ignored, then a guy that you kind of a tentative closeout, then a guy that you gave a proper closeout. And now, you know, I'd be saying we're going to run, have to run him off, guys. He's becoming tail mm. in relation to the his ability to shoot the ball without um without any concerns and making them. So he 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 helped them because he's used to big games. But the big um, but for me the the um 
at the moment that for um, Cheshire is Mark is Marcus Evans mm. because he's a streaky shooter. But when he gets to go, you know, and he can over dribble. Yeah, you can have some dead possessions with him if things aren't right, and they did that a bit in the fourth quarter. Mm. Uh, but when things are right, yeah, you know yeah. he he's an absolute yeah yeah. Go off as, as you said, uh, was it last week? The week before, he makes bad shots as well. Bad shots, yeah. yeah, yeah. When things are right, and then he's that extra guy, and then you've got yeah. Austin crashing around like a you know like a um like a crash test dummy to rebound lay things in and, and teague doing his bit and all this stuff and anderson making shots and jack coming in and making shots they they're a team who knows what they are and I, ultimately i thought in this game the, the ultimate difference between the teams was that cheshire had been together longer and cheshire mm. just in the key possessions just knew a little bit more about who they were mm. did. they're also and, really good in that gym as well Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a, again, you know, every every gym in the league, apart from um, uh, one in Newcastle and one in Leafy, sorry, is a hard place to play. So um, into the second half, Sheffield had a had a couple of steals to help Hesham run out. So he had twelve points in a row uh, in the third quarter to tie the game at at fifty one fifty one, and then Neighbor uh, sort of banged his neck or or his head on Cook's knee as he was uh, falling to the ground. Uh, so there was a bit of a delay, and he was taken off to the to the locker room. So hopefully that's not too bad. Uh, after that, Ramsey then hits the three. So Sheffield had actually hit fifteen points in a row to lead fifty-one fifty-four. It was a dispiriting twelve-all run as well because Cheshire were flying, and then um, they basically coughed the ball up four times in a row, couldn't get a shot. Yeah, you know, really, really kind of oh, we've won this game already type of mm. stuff. And Sheffield weren't willing to stand for that. And after that, it was a nip and tuck game. Yeah, yeah. Without, without Tuck, obviously. <laughs> Indeed, although he was there. Uh, was sure. uh, let's let's spin it forward to the to the end. Four ten to go. T gets away with possibly the most blatant travel I've ever seen. Egregious. Egregious was, is the word. It was unbelievable. To be fair, the, 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 the lads on the commentary were great. I thought they yeah. were really good in this game because they, they gave a they gave it a sense of what it was about and also, they called it spot on. Yeah, they to going when they need to go small, and then, then they called the travel spot on. And then looked at the replay, and it was even more of a travel. <laughs> it was, it was almost like it was one of those things which was so so grotesque and so gratuitous that no one said anything because yeah. they didn't quite understand what it was. Um, you know, um, so yes, but he did, but he made the play, so yeah, so so he, so he scores that 71 uh, 73 69, and then yeah. Austin tips the ball back out off whoever was inbounding it so it comes back to Sheffield and yeah. Teague gets a tip in on that play so what should have been a travel ends up with Teague scoring four points in five seconds and they're up 75-69 yeah that's right and that you know you thought that might be it but you know Cheshire was struggling to score by the end of this game without um, without neighbouring the game they were they, 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 their, their offence was coming harder than Sheffield Sheffield were getting better shots Sheffield just couldn't mm. knock it down mm. so I always thought Sheffield had another run in them and they did so 222 to go, 75-73 Nelson free throws. Uh uh Nelson then got a, a miss, uh a missed, but Sheffield got an offensive rebound. Ramsey missed, then he got the offensive rebound, kicked it out to Nelson. He hits a three with 133 to go, 75-76, Sheffield in front. Yeah. Yeah. Um, offensive rebounds get threes. Yeah, yeah. Archibald then misses a three and T gets an offensive uh rebound and Evans then hits a three. 
105 to go, and, and Cheshire back ahead 78. And it was, Ramsey was slow on that closeout. So basically, offensive rebounds give up threes. Mot- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. In which case, they give it another missed three, and then you get another, <laughs> another missed one, and another one until eventually, yeah. some, until eventually Delpech dunks it. Yeah. Uh, then Austin uh, with a big steal and the assist to Anderson for the dunk with 45.5 seconds ago. Yeah, 80-76. You know, Larry Austin, Marcus Evans, the one thing you say about them, they're physical guards and they can def- they defend and get live ball turnovers, mm. what they do. And um, Larry Austin, you know, I thought Cheshire would win this game simply because I thought Larry Austin enjoyed it so much last yeah, year. Agreed. Yeah, I was you know, the same. I, had that, I was the same. I thought he's not going to let them lose this game. Mm. And ultimately, he made the play and he made it. And to be fair, he did one of the few things he doesn't do very often in the fast break, which is pass. Mm. And the flying down the wing and dunks it. Mm. That's a four point game, and that really should have been it. Yeah. Uh, timeout, advance the ball. Ramsey missed a three. Uh, Archibald with the rebound and he was just a little slow going and then they were in danger of an eight second violation but Ramsey committed a foul on six seconds he still had a long way to go he didn't commit a foul just back okay he was just he was he was just there yeah he was was playing good defense you know I thought it was it was an instinct call from from the ref it was a bad call what you saw from the baseline afterwards he's just basically got his chest in front of him I don't know I don't know what he did wrong um, so I thought that was Chevy were pretty hard done to with that call because that would have been in its second violation and giving him another chance. Mm. Um, but um, so be it, you know. Time out, advance the ball 33.7 seconds to go. They ran the clock and then Nelson fouls with three seconds to go when Evans was almost on the halfway line, three seconds on the shot clock. Just crackers first, Steve. I don't, I still, I still don't get the, the advance the ball. You know, I prefer to take 24 out of the clock than, than 14 mm. at that point in the game. You know, as opposed to, I suppose the risk is you give a turnover in your own basket and it's all okay, maybe. And you've almost just had an eight-second violation, so that might. You've almost had it. You take that away, but still, I'd still trust my point guard to get the ball to half court and um, and do that. So yeah, but it was a daft. But players, I'm afraid, their heads are spinning by the end of this mm. game. This it happens so often. Players' heads are spinning, and um, bang, bad foul, give away ten seconds, give away two shots. That's basically that should have been the game. Uh, Evans makes uh, two free throws, uh, and then uh, uh, I've not got who scored. I put down Ramsey scored. scored. Ramsey scored. scored. Eighty-two seventy-eight, and then and then Evans loses the ball out of bounds, and Sheffield have got it back with fourteen point seven seconds to go. Yeah, well, he lost the ball out of bounds because Archibald doesn't know the rules. Archibald should have ran the baseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the base. Players have to know this stuff. You know, you're a pro. You have to know what you can do. He just stood there in cement, so you had to throw the ball to Evans right in the corner. He could have ran all the way on the baseline, back and forwards. Yeah, heading. Does my heading watching? Yeah, watch same. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, so he did. That gave Sheffield the ball back, but they couldn't convert. Could they? Yeah, Nichols missed a three. Uh, they got an offensive rebound with Ramsey, but then he turned it over. So that was yeah, the game. Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, just at the end, you know, you know, who is Sheffield's man? We're not quite sure. Austin was Cheshire's man. Sheffield Ramsey shot the ball, but he's only been there six weeks. So is he the man? He's the one who had the ball at the end. He had the players, you know. And that's still that's what I mean about teams still getting to know each other and learning each other. And I think that was ultimately the diverting feature in the game. But it was a great game. It was a great game. Home home, one leg, home trophy semi-finals. More of them, please, not less of them. Mm. Or none of them. Uh, Neighbor sixteen, Teague fifteen. Sorry, Evans fifteen and Teague fourteen. Uh, Nelson, 22.6 assists, Delpech, 16.7 rebounds, and Ramsey had 11 points as well. So Cheshire will take on Caledonia 
uh, in the final at the Emirates Arena at the end of the month. Let's uh, quickly run through the league table before we go. Uh, London Lions have qualified for the playoffs. We thought it was in jeopardy two weeks ago, was it? We were saying. Mm -hmm. William Hill, I think it was. Uh, 22 other bookies are available. Uh, 22 and 2 they are. Bristol Flyers have also qualified uh, for the playoffs with 19 wins and 8 uh, defeats. Leicester in third, uh, 16 and 7. Manchester fourth, 14 and 11. Caledonia 13 and 12. Then Cheshire 12 and 14. Plymouth 10 and 14. Sheffield 9 and 16. Newcastle in ninth, 6 and 17. And Surrey now up to 3 and 23. Yeah, competing for the ninth spot. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. London's going to win. Everybody else is going to play in the playoffs. London will win. There we go. Mm. Um, that, that's not something anybody else could obviously say in official channels because mm. they build up the excitement around the league. But it's um, difficult to see now. Um, challenging London over two legs is virtually impossible. Beating them in one leg, it can always happen. Um, but challenging them in two legs can be extremely difficult. Mm. Yeah. In the six wins from the league, that's about two weeks' time, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to win the league uh, in a few. In a few, I haven't looked at. I meant to look at their schedule to see how many games, because as you say, it's it's probably six games from now, isn't it? So it's. Uh, but I haven't looked to see when that sixth game happens. Uh, but it'll not be uh, not be long away, and I'll have to be looking up to see if they might even beat Kingston to the record of the earliest league title victory. I know Leicester were close last year, but Kingston still hold the record. So I will check that out at some point. But that will do it for this Sunday night. So Dave and I will be back next Sunday. I always say this and then go, am I doing something next Sunday? I don't think I am. So Dave and I will be back next Sunday. I know I've got some wheelchair basketball starting soon as well, but I think it's on a Saturday. Um, so we'll be back next Sunday, is what I'm trying to say, to do it all over again. But have a great week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.